Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess. I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. And we are joined by a special guest, Jacqueline. Hello. Hello. What's up? Hello. I'm so glad we finally got you on here. Um, I feel like there's just like a small contingent of Twitter friends that are into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we like somehow all found each other. <laughs> and it's kind of weird <laughs> that you haven't been on here yet. <laughs> yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s one of my favorite shows. Has been has been since um, season two started airing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jacqueline, you want to tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Just kind of who you are, what's your deal, why you like I am <laughs> I, <laughs> I am a nerd that you may find on Twitter shitposting about, gaily about Star Wars. I'm a lesbian. I'm really, really into Chloe Bennett and Daisy Johnson. Um, uh, and I have been watching S.H.I.E.L.D. live since season two. Um, and as soon as... Um, and and I was liking it, but as soon as What They Become happened in, and Daisy got her powers, I was immediately like never shutting up and telling all of my friends to watch it. None of them ever did. But <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> but this show is just so special, especially compared to all of the other Marvel television series we've had where we've seen these characters develop and grow together as a team and found family over the years that we just don't see in the Netflix series or in the Hulu series. Um, and this show deserves way more fucking credit than it gets. I and <laughs> I just love that it was able to get the chance to have this run that it's had. Oh, I can't believe this is the last season. Like, we'll talk about it in a second because I have some thoughts about it. But <laughs> um, I I feel like me and Jared have a lot of thirst for Henry Simmons. Oh, for show. sure. Like, and this, this episode, I felt like sort of was like, hey, hey we got you. <laughs> like, yeah. We've been listening. <laughs> We've yeah. I'm, a, I'm a lesbian, but rightfully I know. so. Henry Simmons is a handsome man. He is. Yeah, um, but there's just, there's, some, there's just facts as facts. <laughs> but but Jacqueline, yeah, he looked good in the suit. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was funny because when I was seeing like the promo photos of this, I was like, wow, like Chloe and Henry Simmons, like they are the standout too, like that look really fucking good, <laughs> like in the yeah. 1930s Absolutely. outfits. Absolutely. Because like suits are designed to make a frumpy looking old white man look great yeah. <laughs> like, like and a guy who looks like pat Oswalt, who i think he's the first one to tell you doesn't have like a dynamite body looks awesome in a suit he just does yeah. Yeah. and so does so does colson but like the real standouts like you said were absolutely uh chloe and and uh uh henry is just looks like like i don't i don't even like <laughs> like he says in the episode you know it's like they've never seen a black man in a fine looking suit before it's like you don't see a lot of people like him in movies in that era outfit because of 
how racist, racist Hollywood is. <laughs> yeah. Even when we're telling purely fictional stories, we still have to adhere to some bullshit idea of whatever authenticity, if it reinforces white supremacy, of course. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the, they all look great. And you said, like, everybody looks great. And I was like, yeah, except Deke, who looks like... Oh, uh, he looks like he's playing dress up. Like, yeah, he, 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 he looks like he's at, he's coming out of Newsies. That's exactly yeah. what I said. I texted Jess and I said, he looks like the sidekick to Christian Bale and Newsies, who is Vinnie Del Pino from Duty Hauser. <laughs> oh my God. Which, at the same time, though, that's very perfect for Deke. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> like, is. Because he sort of is the Vinnie Del Pino of this show. <laughs> like, he is the, the horny little teenage friend who's got bad ideas, but everybody loves yeah yeah that is true do you know you know somebody left me lemons all these lemons in my room oh god well, and then, um and i, I bring some up... of the references that, that he had this episode when they gave him shit about getting arrested for being drunk and he like it was i felt like that was one of the most meta moments in the show ever where he was like i was comically drunk you know and, 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 and when he walks up to the bar um uh when he walks up to the bar with um, Daisy to talk to Mac, he says, two of your finest Zimas, please. <laughs> I love how this show just has these like running jokes, things like that. It just, it's so good. It's so rewarding. Um, I brought up Henry, Henry Simmons because I feel like me and Jared don't talk a lot about like how good looking Chloe Bennett is. I feel like we're trying not to like objectify her, but um, I, I know you, Jacqueline, are like, have the hots for her. So I'm really glad that you're here because I feel like uh, Chloe we needs to that. get her due for, uh, we need some Chloe thirst on our podcast. God. So She's so fucking sexy. And, and like, every se- season, she, there's something different. I mean, I wasn't really into the blonde with purple hair in season six, to be honest. Um, but there was still the leather jacket wielding oh, yeah. a sword going on there. And <laughs> you know me and women who have swords. Um, it's doing it for you. <laughs> but like, but like goth Daisy in the first like third of season four, Daisy kicking ass in all her finery in this season. Like, I'm very here for it and just. God bless the costume designers and makeup artists on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the parents of Chloe Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) For her being born. My God, I freaking love her so much. Um, Make her Afra in Star Wars. Thank you, Disney. Anyway, um, I want to talk about season six really quick, just briefly, because of mm-hmm. like there's a lot of like major events that kind of bleed into the beginning of season seven. And I just finished season six like this week. <laughs> so it's like Whiplash, fresh in my huh? mind. Yeah. Um <laughs> season six is not my favorite, I have to say. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but I was really upset about how they did May. Like, even though she's not dead, like it's the whole Mandalorian situation all over again, where it's like a weird fake out. And yeah, it created like a lot of really great emotion, but it kind of felt like fake fridging too. I don't know. I I have complicated thoughts yeah, about it. No, that's that's definitely fair. And something that I think 
especially with the way um I don't know. I and Mays always had a soft spot for Colson, but it felt like they were dialing it too far in that direction compared to her previous appearances, in my opinion. And it's inherently problematic because Colson is like an old white guy too, you know? Yeah, like it yeah. just it I think it's just because of that the the nature of that, it just makes it a little it, feel a little uncomfortable and kind of gross. And I think that overall, you know, we've seen more to to May enough that we know that and, and like knowing that's like the same writers and the same producers from the throughout the entire series, like a, a lot of them, like it feels like they've earned some credit for me where like as it was happening, I keep in I kept in mind, you know, that May is is more than just this story arc, but for for season six, she is very much defined by how she feels about Colson, and that is gross. Like it's inherently gross, and and it's it's just like how I think how uncomfortable a lot of aspects of season one were in the way they manipulate, you know, Daisy as Sky with Ward. Like it's like it's not all it's a, it's not all of what she goes through. She goes through a lot of other stuff. You know, she has all of mm-hmm. her searching for her family and and the, her growing relationships with May and Coulson as mentors and and parental figures, and it's like. There was a lot, and her and her budding friendships, like like, like there's a lot more going on. But like this is really all May gets. Like, and it's a shortened season. Like, and I get that too. But it just it sucks because I think that we know they can do better. Oh yeah, yeah, especially especially May being that mentor figure to both Daisy and other characters, which didn't really get as much or any focus in that season. And the, the, I will say season six definitely feels tighter when watched all together. I I mean, I watched it week to week and it was a little rough, Mm -hmm. but because it's definitely, (laughs) because definitely compared to other seasons, it's, it's faster. I would say it closer in how the beginning of season five was in how everything's happening in pretty quick succession. And that doesn't really leave much room for characters to breathe, and so we're left with stuff like this. And yeah, yeah, I don't think they it did May any favors. And I don't know. I also am. I I I'm getting a little sick of continuously being like, let's take Fitz and Simmons and like never have them be in the same room because pain and we gotta draw on that always. We have talked a lot about that on the show. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like, like happy. With with um season five I was like, okay, Ian had like another commitment to, to a project that they had to write around. But with this, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, have these have these two people not gone through enough? And it seems like they're still continuing with that with this season, with season seven. So I'm hoping to be resolved. I'm hoping that's resolved and not through like death or something horrific either. I I would (laughs) hope not because like we already saw Fitz die once. I know. Well. 
I was thinking like they're killing Gemma or something because that's the other. They better option. fucking not. <laughs> I know. That's they better leave Lizzie alone. Um, oh, it's just but, yeah. yeah. Um, I, Declan, I we will briefly also... talked about Sarge through like DMs um, and that whole thing. Oh. I know. I was just going to say, like, I did like the way that they incorporated the fear dimension thing into finding a reason for Sarge to even fucking exist. Yeah, I thought um, that was. I thought that was fine. Um, but I will. But I will also say, um, this. Um, the. I don't even remember what they're called. Um, but. Izel and Pachakutik's oh. people. It's another example of appropriating an indigenous culture's um, spirituality and pantheon to create some sci-fi villain. And you've got Izel, which is based off the Maya goddess Ixchel, um, and I don't know, Sarge and Izel's actors are both white, and this just and using this Maya doomsday type dealio just doesn't feel like something that we should still be doing in the year 2019. I don't know. That was just my that. those read. are those are comics characters, right? No, they're not. They, they, they are. There is a comic I, I character just named because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> there is a comic character named. Izel, um, but has no kind of relation to how this works. There's two different, like, um, South American, Central South American pantheon character groups in Marvel Comics. I, I wiki dove after this season, and neither of them, th- they both have the same names for their characters, and neither of them have any real relevance or any relation to this Shrike kind of stuff. Yep. I completely assumed it was a comics thing. Because no, it's it like unrelated. crazy and ridiculous. And it, like you said, it kind of appropriates, it doesn't kind of, it does appropriate like an actual indigenous cultures, like spirituality and religion. <laughs> you know, that's the entire premise of The Eternals, the movie coming up. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, no. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Unfortunately, come on, but, Marvel. <laughs> I mean, Eternals at least is mostly Greek shit. So yeah. Oh, they right? they get into a lot. Like, like, like they they do all the South American God as well. Unfortunately, damn it, Marvel. Even <laughs> even eventually Gilgamesh, like just the, the Sumerian legend, like the oldest story known to humanity. Yeah, uh, that, that's appropriated as well. Uh, cool. Although they actually they do some weird stuff there where he appropriates. Hercules's uh like uh, <laughs> things like the the quote unquote real Hercules of the Marvel universe gets credit for things that Gilgamesh did, but he's not a Sumerian badass. He's uh he he's an eternal, so he's a cave cave person experimented on by aliens. God. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. That's always how it is. So so, so that's also true for all of the people at least in their comic versions coming up like like the wonderful diverse cast 
of characters uh, that we that we've got and actors portraying them or playing at least their comic incarnations are like Cro-Magnons who are turned into immortal superhumans by aliens. It's it's I think it's Stargate, <laughs> which, which, which in retrospect Stargate totally ripped off the Eternals. <laughs> like they should have shipped Jack Kirby a check. Ooh. God. Comics, huh? Yeah, that's wow. that's a section of on, on our show, at least on the early episodes, when when uh, there were a lot of comic connections. <laughs> oh, comics are fucking weird, man. <laughs> I I can't believe that the whole like Sarge like origin story is not a comic connection. I'm in shock right now. <laughs> I legit yeah. thought <laughs> like Jack Kirby just didn't have the bandwidth to know what he was doing i think at the time too i always got to keep that in mind like, like it's not an excuse but it's context you know doesn't make like, it okay and it definitely doesn't make it okay now 59 writer <laughs> should know better i feel right. like i don't know 50 years after the fact you don't it, well none of it's adapted faithfully right so it's like why do you keep all the shit that's yeah whatever and awful <laughs> and, yeah and, you can i mean They've changed a lot of things that were awful, like to reference in the show from the comics. So well, and and I'm, like, I'm curious to see how the Eternals will turn out. Like, hopefully it's better, but I don't see how it can really be true <laughs> without being pretty awful. <laughs> oh, no. At least Gemma Chan's getting paid. Yeah, to be in Marvel twice. <laughs> and this time to not have blue face paint on, which is nice. And hopefully not die. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. She's the central character, so. Yep. Alrighty. um, Let's talk. And they're immortal. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess that's the the loophole. It's like, we're not really killing her because she's immortal. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Come back. Great. (laughs) We got the Chronicoms, too. And now that's tied all into this. I mean, if, if you the Chronicom plot in particular just feels like it was a setup plot for this season. Yeah, very much so, right? Yeah. Like once 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 the finale hit, it was like, oh yeah, that was all in service to this, which with how short it was, was smart, but also maybe puzzling how much time they spent on it. Like they could have done yeah. a little less. I really yeah. feel like these two seasons were were kind of written to be one season. Definitely, like especially it, because, like, uh, yeah, especially because it's their two 13 episode seasons when every season previous has been 22. Um, so, I mean, they get a couple ep- more episodes in and they did film these like back to back, right? Yeah, they I did. So. <clears throat> I feel like maybe that would have made the May stuff at the end of season six a little less jarring if it was like, oh, next episode is like she's fine. You know, it was yeah, just, I think you, I think you're right. You know, I don't know. Ooh, I wonder if rewatching this all at once will make a difference when we do our rewatch. Like, yeah, we'll have to see. Hopefully. Uh, I don't know. All right, let's talk about our general first impressions of the premiere of season seven. <laughs> because the first thought I had was, I don't know how, like, looking at the promo stuff again, I talked about this, like, on another episode, I think, looking at the promo stuff for season six. Like, looking at the promo stuff for season seven, I'm like, I don't understand how this story is going to work, but whatever, I'm here for it. And Every time they make it fucking believable and they make it work and they make it great. And here we are. <laughs> like, and they're, 
they're doing some great work with set design this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say I I get it because it's old timey, but at the same time, I'm still wondering whatever happened to the lighting budget. Um, because for the last few seasons, things feel like they've been super flushed and muted lighting wise. Well, I didn't and, even and, notice that. In general, I feel like like the lighting and some of the set design in the this in the first uh portion of this story arc in last season and season six and not as much in this because i feel like it's easier to do maybe but it it feels like it's i don't know not a lower budget maybe it is but it just feels somewhat like reminiscent of something like uh doctor who to me more than it has in the past yeah that's that's that i can see um even more also, than when they were time traveling, <laughs> like like which is also when you have like darker lighting, it's easier to work with CG, um, especially on lower budgets. Um, if if I'm remembering correctly, they did like get a lower budget following season four, and they might have also following season five. So that would also make sense. Yeah. Just something I've noticed, uh, especially because, like, in season five, they and parts of season six, they made a whole lot of use out of that. Those, like, room and hallway sets for the lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. So, agree. Um, interesting. I never, I'm going to have to look for that now when we're watching through. Because, I mean, we have, like, harped on like how amazing like the the visual effects the digital effects have been and a couple of times they're insane (laughs) a couple of times when when they have stood out as not being as exceptional there was one lincoln scene that i constantly referred to as him with rope lights because it looked like it was just a really cheap he was being a attacked in a hospital hallway where it's just like they did they phoned it in they were it was not their best electric electricity effect but by, by the way jacqueline i don't know if you know this but we hate lincoln on this show so oh good because i also hate lincoln oh Who that works likes lincoln i just recently hate watched a show uh, in large part <laughs> to make fun of him and but but i also feel like i like i got like some cosmic reward because part way through everything i want to give him a fair shot because i guess he was on a really successful uh show a soap opera in in australia and we had a friend who said it was really big in the uk in reruns there and i was like oh well maybe he's maybe it's because he's forcing an american accent and he did an australian accent on as a, as a fake accent on another show and it's awful. <laughs> He's just as bad. Yeah. So I, I was proof. I, 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 I have proof positive that he's just always bad. <laughs> oh Lord, Luke Mitchell. Sorry, man, not he, bad. <laughs> Luke Mitchell is Australian. What do you mean as a fake accent? No, his, his character. His character was. His character. He was playing with South African and was doing a oh. fake Australian accent, and it and he just sounded. He was still a bad actor, and oh he, he, no, he was Australian. <laughs> He's just, just not convincing. And and it, oh man, the South African accent was no good. <laughs> oh oh oh, they rarely are. Uh, I mean, his American accent is great. He just can't fucking act. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and accent, you know, there was also the non-existent chemistry with Chloe. Oh, yes, God. very Ugh. much so. At least I believe that people want to have sex with Ward, but like, <laughs> God, fucking, 
fucking ward we were talking about like before um this episode aired we were talking about what if they find a way to bring ward back in season i don't want them to because like it was (laughs) fine in the framework like i get that i also to him like i also am mad that they kept finding ways to bring ward back but they kept trip dead um yeah We've, especially because yeah. Trip was super great, and it was like, oh, hey, look, we have two black men on the cast now. I guess we can kill off one of them. And uh, Trip, de- BJ Britt deserved better. Agreed. Agreed. We just um, we just finished a recording, and uh, we'll soon be done posting about the framework season. And it, like we talk a lot about how because we we kept hoping because of the 3D printing to make ada into a, a real person you know with the dark hold like but they'd use that as a way to maybe get hope out for mac maybe get trip out for us as the audience <laughs> so, like, like i was just hoping it's hope that they would i mean i mean and they mentioned the colson brain that's in this lmd is from when he was put in the framework in season four so like they can do that shit so what's up agreed um, i'm wondering if uh trip's grandfather is going to be in this season yeah that's what i was going to say they could always bring bring him in there um yeah when he has been working on abc studio shows like i i referenced uh when it was happening live when we were recording, he was in a, a, a an arc on a show called A Million Little Things on ABC recently, where he played like a the world's biggest movie star. <laughs> and hopefully, God, I wish. Me too. Um, well, I, I, and he was and he was so like like his character was a lot like Trip. Like he's just super charming and likable, but also like a really good dude. Like 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 there was a sign like in an episode where it seemed like he was going to be a Tom Cruise type, like like maybe and, and really flaky and and whatnot. But it turned out he was actually really down to earth and was su- super like good hearted and just uh, made me so happy. <laughs> but. I really, really hope that means because like definitely studios like to do that. They like to have a, uh, actors under contract and just have them float around. And it's totally believable that they had him on while they were shooting other stuff. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> he mentioned his grandpa so many times. <laughs> I know they have to put him in. Come on, like they put a freaking Koenig in. They have to put, uh, especially because, like... <laughs> especially because I'm getting the I'm getting the feeling that we're gonna spend maybe a few episodes in the 1930s and then move on mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um Same. at least that's the impression i'm getting it's, yeah. it, because it's gonna be a shield's greatest hits like history thing <laughs> oh yeah they're, they're gonna do a time heist <laughs> <laughs> there's precedent um, for it in there's in precedent oh um uh yeah no it would be cool if they could get get um him back especially because it's the last season i'm still upset that we got no resolution on lance and bobby but we got lance back in that one fits episode in season five but otherwise is um adrian palicki's show done it's in in hiatus they're still making it but it's not come out for over a year now, I think, and it's not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> huh, okay. But it's also owned by Fox now, which is technically 
part of the parent company. So even though it's not ABC Studios, there's nothing contractual. We're connecting the dots. We're connecting the dots. <laughs> put her <laughs> on. <laughs> Retroactively, put her on, please. We're getting everyone back. The gang's all back together. Mac needs them. <laughs> and you, you'd hope they'd work out some way to have them appear by the end. I, I, there's no reason not to. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, let's talk about the episode. Just some. We're not going to go through a recap, but um, I thought it was very interesting that they chose 1930s as this era to go back to. I mean, like obviously, there's like the plot purposes for it but i was like wow there's a lot going on here that i didn't think about when i was like just looking at the promo stuff it's like the great depression is happening prohibition is happening there's racism is rampant sexism is rampant like it's and we have a very diverse team like i'm like okay yo-yo and may are also going to be out there with them at some point like how is this gonna work (laughs) like what's gonna happen (laughs) this is gonna be crazy like i was just a little overwhelmed at the possibilities of what bad things could happen. <laughs> well, and in this era, in what the early 1930s, uh, even even if Fitz was around, which he's not, <laughs> like I would think that he'd be like, if Fitz is Scottish, right? But Americans are pretty xenophobic, and Irish are thought of as second class citizens if they're not cops. Scottish or soon be Irish. <laughs> so I feel like even he would be treated a little weird. Like really Colson and Deke are the only people this, who are gonna This get... is this is what this is the only reason Colson and Deke are around. <laughs> <laughs> they had to bring Colson back because they needed a white man to be able to navigate the spaces where no one Deke else could go. Not <laughs> suitable to take charge. <laughs> like he's great for and and, you to go for and, and we all know Enoch is not the kind of person to blend just... in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A deep cover is not his forte. Yeah. I am a human as I have always been. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his line at the very end when he's looking for May is like, I I am your I am I am Enoch, sentient chromicon and trusted friend. <laughs> I am Enoch, sentient chronicom, trusted friend, here to help. You had one job, Enoch. Oh. I really like that character. He's oh, me great. Too. I am so He's glad so they fun. kept him around. Same. Because because that is something that was going for season six is just the friendship he had going on with Fitz. <laughs> where, oh where he was I like love, I love robots where, and that, where that he was like I am not a robot and just like getting around <laughs> all of these loopholes. <laughs> and 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 Gemma and Gemma who is because of the whole Ada thing has always been very not super cool with um, machines is just like chronicoms are just hardware and software. And Enoch's just like rude. (laughs) I just, I just, I just been through shit, Enoch, like give her a break. (laughs) Oh God. Everybody has been through shit with the LMDs. I feel like, you know, even especially may has a reason to be, skeptical um they all have such crazy baggage over it though like like even Mm -hmm. someone like yo-yo barely had any time in the framework it's like she still had an an insanely emotional and like fairly not traumatic necessarily but just like impactful you know emotional exchange with with one of the people she cares about the most like not being recognized by mac and and like when he understood who she was but still didn't want to go like yeah like ai and robots 
have even the ones who they've barely touched have had a bad effect on almost all of them. And the fact that Fitz, who had maybe had one of the worst side effects of it all, is oh. now best friends with the robot is kind of awesome, but also kind of weird and interesting. Yeah, I do. I do like that. This, in terms of character development, they have gone out of their way to not like act like, oh, it was just ones and zeros. That life didn't matter. They're still like, hey, we did things in a world that was pretty real and where we lived alternate lives in. And we did some, and those things we did were pretty fucked up. We talked so, a lot about how it's like, even though it's not real, like the impact on your mind and your emotions totally. are completely real. Like the emotions are real. That's, those are valid. So it's like the, it was real. Even what, though it's yeah, and ones it feels, and zeros. <laughs> and it feels like everything that kind of builds from like the end of season uh, uh, five and, and season six with Fitz and how he's been changed by it. Like I saw, I sort of feel like his, it all makes his absence being felt right now even more like potent. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because he is the one who is like feels this weight of his guilt more than anyone else god and they have to bring back hydra or they have to save hydra like <laughs> i really i i'm 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 waiting to see how they handle it because at the same time though i'm always wary of time travel stories that are like we have to make sure people don't kill hitler and, <laughs> yeah no and, I, I feel and you. i'm like the world yeah. yeah um i'm hoping i mean shield does this a lot where they they get those tropes and they kind of they use They're, them but they use them effectively and they don't yes. use them in the tropey way shield is really really good at subverting tropes like that yeah and so i'm hoping that's what they're gonna do here because i was like oh god <laughs> when they, i realized he was a malik like that freddie was was malik's dad like the way the kid looked he looks a lot like uh young dominic whatever his name is i can't remember his name right now but the guy who played oh, yeah. uh, um, howard stark yeah, he kind of does. Dominic so Cooper. I, yes, and I kept thinking, "Ooh, I bet that's going to be like, a, like someone related to Howard Stark, Howard Stark's, Stark's dad or something." But no, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, nope. I was way off. Wilfred Malik, <laughs> father of father of Hydra <laughs> or father of Hydra, oh, whatever American. Not Hydra, Terrence whatever. Malik. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, I want so going back to the robot thing. I want to talk about Coulson and Mac because I put in the notes that I had big feels in the scene where you know like Coulson comes back, he's freaking out, and then you know they shut him off, and Mac is has to go goes back and turns him back on and has like a one on one conversation and is like, you know, I know you don't like this. This isn't what you wanted. And like as much as Mac hates robots, he loves Coulson more than he hates robots. And I think a small part of him wants him back too, even though this oh, is very totally. wrong. <laughs> I I also love how we're not just going in and it's like, well, Coulson's a robot. Everything's normal. It's Coulson, mm -hmm. but it's not Coulson in like I expected, like going in, that people, like the characters around Coulson, would be weirded out by it and have conflict around it. But Coulson himself being like, "I didn't want this. Why the fuck did you do this? This is explicitly something I said I never wanted to happen." Is 
here it keeps I'm, happening I'm, for him. Like he keeps getting brought back from the dead and he doesn't and get the choice. He's Ugh. he just hasn't got the chance to rest. Rest. I feel like the very end of this season is going to be Colson getting the choice to end on his terms and being able to rest. Like that, you'd really hope so, right? Like I mean, they already yeah. kind of alluded to that where he's like, We're gonna have a conversation when this is all over. And reevaluate, like, he said. Yeah. So well, I feel like that's what he, yeah. He he sure, said I'll yeah. do anything for you guys, but after this, I'm gonna have to reevaluate. Yeah, um, I, because that is a huge like breach of trust and violate and a violation of his like very being to just like bring him back from the dead when he's made it very clear he wants to be able to die on his own terms. Well, and the fact that this agency keeps getting taken from him, you know, and it happened with Fury and now this time and from people who care about him, but who feel they need him, you know, and that supersedes his his uh, wishes, you know, every time. And mm-hmm. it's interesting, I think, because the first time it wasn't so much I don't want to come back. It was that he felt like the project was flawed, you know, when he told when he told Fury to yeah. not, not do it. And then yeah, the second time it's explicitly because he doesn't want to come back. So we know it, but like, but, but still twice his wishes were, were undermined and he was done without his consent. And I just think it's interesting because one of the things that makes him such a great leader and, and I think parental figure is that he, even though he is, I think like all, I think parental figures somewhat, you know, controlling, I think he tries to really be nurture all these individuals into being the best versions of themselves without overstepping and without controlling as much as he can like like even though it's difficult because he has a, such an attachment to them and mm-hmm. the fact that he gives up so much because it seems like he actually recognizes the importance of agency and that they keep taking it away from him is kind of like this weird dichotomy or irony that but it's also so great sadder. because of that and yeah really well executed yeah and mm-hmm. and and he is. I was, can, um, I, can I breathe? Do I breathe? Like <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like fair. Like, Do I drink? He, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Want to get a drink? Can you even drink? We'll find yeah. out. Um, uh, like the whole not only coming back to life, but adjusting to a completely different like body that isn't human, and. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, and I don't know, I mean, I'm glad that I, one thing I'm glad about with S.H.I.E.L.D. is I never really can predict what the fuck's going to happen, and, but, except that I know that at least in some way, they're gonna come out on top, like Max said at the end of last season, um, when he was getting beat down by Pachakutik, he said, I've been through enough enough of these to know that we always come out on top, and that's really kind of been the one consistent thing going on here. They So I'm curious to see what where the events of the rest of the season are going to leave Colson's LMD in the mindset of and whether or not he chooses to continue as an LMD or um to uh finish his journey on his own terms once more now it's going to be emotional whatever it is they're good at doing that to us <laughs> team, team, team dad <laughs> yeah team dad 
Oh, um... And I, fuck, I, I keep forgetting about how May is going to react to it. Oh my god, I know. She, hasn't even, she doesn't even know yet. God, and like... And she's and she's actually watched him die. Yeah, she she has, and this is the perfect opportunity to bring up a line in an episode that we covered relatively recently because we are just we just did just do the the LMD episode. But when they don't know where May is, and before Coulson believes that she is alive for sure, he still wants to believe it. But they know they have the LMD May. At one point, he even said. Like we have to, you know, hold on to LMD May. She might be all we have left. Yes. Yeah. And no, I remember like, that. It's sort of like he's like, well, we all might have to make do, and this might have to be the only May we have. And it's like this is now the situation they're in, and they already had him knowing how, you know, even though he, even the character hadn't quite come to accept it yet, the audience knew how he felt about May. Yeah. Trying to like reconcile in his head, like, can I deal with a May who thinks she's May but isn't really May? And it's like. Now and she's going like, to have to go for the same thing. And it's like when this May is like a copy of May who until like like the day prior had no idea she wasn't. And it was a whole, yeah, that that was a whole thing. And also brings up a lot of different questions about identity and validity when there's multiple versions of the same person and that's a whole other podcast um, well, sure. that's the westworld podcast <laughs> it sure is and i haven't watched westworld yet um oh god, oh god. i'm sure there's a lot to unpack there mm-hmm. um, um but yeah um i Oh, Billy's home. Sorry. <laughs> There's noise. Um, I I don't have Mac anywhere else on here, but I really want to talk about how he is, even though Coulson's back, he is very much the director. Like, Col- like LMD Coulson defers to him and everything. He's like, oh, you know, copy that director. Um, he, you know, tells the girls to shut up. <laughs> He's like, this is a director level decision. Like, you didn't have the right to make this decision. Um, and he's, I think I felt it in season six, like, but he was struggling with it a lot. And now I feel like he's fully the director of shield at this point. Um, yeah, definitely. And I love that. God, he's, I, I, I definitely, I, I totally agree. And I think like it was a combination of not, not living up the Colson, but just like, I think just legitimately still mourning him and like adjusting mm-hmm. to the new status quo. And then following that, maybe also a little bit with like his situation with the uh, yo-yo, like both made him kind of falter a little bit at the beginning. But mm-hmm. like you said, I think now he's fully embraced it and is accepted and is confident. And, is, uh, and I don't, I personally think we couldn't, couldn't ask for a better director. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and, and I am glad that Colson respects that and is continually deferring to him. That's just yeah. really great. I'm happy. I but feel like that's I think what would have would have happened in real like if Colson was alive still in real life. I don't know why it was like that, <laughs> the but <laughs> the real Colson. I feel like there we are so beyond like with the time traveling and like alternate everything. Like we are so beyond like the real world shield of like I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> so it's like 
yeah how many alternate realities are we past now i feel feel like that might be a good uh time to mention i don't know if either of you have read uh or seen the comments where there have been hints i think from clark greg and maybe from i think maybe some of the writers i think some from chloe bennett too oh yeah and chloe bennett uh I, uh, about like the possibility of some overt reference or connection to the MCU being made. And, God, and I in, hope so. In a separate thing, I know I read something with Clark Gregg saying that basically what you had sort of just said, Jess, about it not even being the original Shield, whatever that means. <laughs> like basically saying that like this is so disconnected from where it started and from the ver- that version sort of like implying that the multiverse that's been opened up through the movies and whatnot and through the time travel, I think in shield that maybe there is a, is a different Colson on the movie MCU. And like, but they basically just, they've diverged at some point, which I mean, it, it, it's believable. It works. It, it sort of can explain things that frustrated us a little bit towards the end, I think of season five. <laughs> Yeah, um, and the lack of any anyone shield in um, Infinity War and Endgame too. The fact, Even the fact that <laughs> Daisy Johnson is like would be one of the strongest Avengers if she was on the team. We were. Um, I, I wonder Jarvis being there frustrates me <laughs> because it means they could have worked with Marvel TV if they wanted to. Oh. God damn it. Anyway, um, let's talk about Gemma and Fitz. We already kind of yes. did and how we're sick of their like tragic romance. Star-crossed lovers <laughs> BS. But Gemma is a, a, diff- a weird Gemma in this episode, I feel like. She's very, I mean, I feel like she's so traumatized at this point. She's just kind of shut down, but she's not giving anyone a lot of information about what has happened between the end of season six and now. Um, at least where her timeline is, because she's on a different timeline too at this point. Yeah, like we have no idea how long she's been apart from the rest of the team, how long she's been apart from Fitz. Like, did they die? Like, and you know what I mean? Like, in the Are other Chronicoms now? Well, because <laughs> she, she, there's something about like her hair is tighter than it's ever been before. Like, like, there's something almost mm-hmm. i mean she also very, lost like, the bangs up. which she yeah. had for all of season six there's yeah. something very ada like about her dress like honestly what if she and fitz are both together and old as hell what if is there lmd Gemma and fitz and what, yeah, what if this is lmd Gemma and and that's the reason why like she doesn't know where fitz is but she also doesn't know where real Gemma is because they're together <laughs> I mean, I mean, we did hear we we did hear Fitz over the radio at the end of season six talking to her, and it just sounded like our Fitz. So that's true. Could be Robo Fitz. <laughs> God, I'm tired. <laughs> Would I'm, fucking do something like that though? Like let them be together. I'm tired of all these goddamn LMDs. Okay. <laughs> it is a great plot device. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. <laughs> We get to have all our faves back. <laughs> it also makes the exchange with with Gemma and Enoch, you know, what you mentioned bef- before about <laughs> yeah. uh, about about the uh, hardware and software, and him be like rude, like like it, <laughs> b- being more poignant if she's also an LMD. <laughs> There's like the self deprecation there, yeah. right? Because that definitely works from Gemma. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's oof, something something to think about this season, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was fully like something's different, something's wrong, something happened or something's not right. Like I don't feel like 
especially everything that like Gemma and Daisy have gone through. I felt like that was a very cold yes. like reunion. Like, oh, it is good to see you. Like, really? Almost like, robotic. You guys are best friends. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Which brings us to the only thing I think we, we kind of covered Deke a little bit, but connecting directly. anti-robotic. <laughs> connecting directly to Gemma when she's like saying like, I don't even know where he is. Like, you really don't know where Bobo is? And that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's that is what I love Deke the most is when he just unabashedly loves fits because he's his grandpa and he has such fond memories of his grandpa I, I, those those have been the best moments um especially because like you have you because you had season five fits who just fucking hated yeah. geek and then and then then fits who like never went into the future like meets deke and he's just like weird really weirded out by it but he doesn't like have any animosity towards him um, so, so that's been great, especially because like when Gemma and Fitz were like reunited for the for the first time um, in season six, she says, "Oh, by the way, your grandfather," and he's like, "What the hell is that supposed to mean?" Before they teleport away, <laughs> I just love the fact that we have these characters. I love having kids or grandkids from the future joining like principal casts because it brings in that kind of shit when it's done well oh yeah and it's it's so super comic booky without being a comic book character since these are you know original characters and it's, they've and they've gone out of the way, their way to be like well he's from a different timeline and and whatever happens here doesn't affect the fact that he exists here so they can still have him around right um i i really like how he is probably the most annoying character on the show God. that's not even probably he is and fits you know Gemma's like a sweetheart but also you know she doesn't you know she won't take any shit but of course this is her grandson so she's going to be a little bit more like forgiving of him and then there's Fitz who's just like oh god like all right I guess you're okay like you're you're my grandson but like he's also Deke is also this like brilliant like mechanic scientist as well and annoying and he's like this businessman too so he has this like whole other element that like he became a fucking influencer (laughs) like he has this whole other element that Gemma and Fitz would never touch because they are like you know, philosophically, you know, we are believe in proper opposed science and, like, to using their yes. abilities for like personal gain. Yeah, but, um, but he's I a mean, grifter. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just think it's hilarious because Fitz. I mean, at the end of season six, he's like, "You use this, like, you use Shield Tech, like, for for profit." Like, he's like, "Yeah, but you said it was and, okay." <laughs> and and Max, like, you Agent Shaw, you will not be filing any patents. And <laughs> and then they're like ripples, not waves, and he's like, "I'm feeling very targeted." <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so good um, I, and I, deke. <laughs> I sure hope he does I, I, deke I understand being a Daisy Johnson reply guy I do personally like you have no idea but I do not want him and Daisy to hook up oh, yeah, in no. any way oh no, no they won't I think it feels, <laughs> it feels like they've moved away from that where like even though he clearly is still a uh, the, the, where, where we caught up with him last season. I mean, Daisy definitely doesn't have any interest, but, right. but I can't judge based on that because I'm like, I saw Lincoln and Daisy come out of absolute nowhere. So, yeah. 
So but he used his electricity powers to lift her off the ground, didn't you know? That's how you fall in love. <laughs> and and they kept and they kept everything with Robbie on subtext because they're idiots. Like I love yeah. them. I love I love our creators. I do, but that proves when it comes to that stuff, they're stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Gabriel Gabriel Luna and Dick, Chloe Bennett had really really fucking good chemistry. They did. They had insanely the good chemistry. Property is not going with the chemistry of like the cast that they have. Like, come on! Like, you can write, you can rewrite shit. Like, it's fine. No one will I know. Have to, I have to assume that's why she had problems with Logan Paul at the time because he could feel that chemistry when he, when he watched the episode. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it would be like. You know, one good decision, man-wise, Chloe Bennett's had. <clears throat> Poor Chloe. <clears throat> She's seeing <sighs> some new white guy that is has been in her Instagram. Hopefully I, he's... I, is, I don't know anything DJ? about him. I th- thought he was a oh. DJ. Oh, is he a DJ? I don't know anything about him. I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> I, I, I deliberately don't pay attention to those posts and just thirst, thirst follow the rest. Yeah, I do... Her and Jeff Ward being friends are fun. <laughs> I, but I feel like that reinforces the deep friendship thing, you know, like, like that they want that, uh, you know, if that makes any sense, like they, like they, they have yeah. their real friendship can play out. On, yeah. They on can the definitely show. play off each other, especially with the, like this episode where he's like, where he's like so proud that he like, he like hot wired a 1930s car and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm proud. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very proud. <laughs> Well, I like it because the little videos I've seen, like of them, at, like in real life gatherings, being friends, it's sort of a similar dynamic. <laughs> like, like, like she's still kind of giving him shit or guff. Like I like it. Well, Chloe Bennett is a huge goofball too. Like oh, if anything, sure. she's—I feel like she's very much a deke. <laughs> like oh, herself. totally. She's just like so out there. Um, speaking of Chloe, we need. Well, let's talk about Chloe or Daisy real quick, and then we'll go back to Yo-Yo because. Um, Daisy looks amazing. Um, as usual, she's just fantastic. And I really enjoyed her fight choreography because it feels very like era appropriate, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. She, she, she's 1930s baseball reference. Yeah. (laughs) And, and also she's so hard, (laughs) especially because the music, the way the, the percussion went oh, up yeah. in in that scene right before she swung um and then there's the just like just supplementing an uppercut with a quake blast like mm-hmm. you know the whole the fight scene of her and the chromicon cop in the alley like when they pan away and they do like an overhead view of it like just the the way that she's moving her body like in, in her dress like she's restricted in her dress um and i don't know it just felt like like whoever is doing the uh, choreography and whoever her stunt person is is like I was like oh this is very well done like it looks it doesn't look like the same like the same Daisy like in modern day like would be how she would be fighting because she's dressed in a dress and like a tight skirt <laughs> like it's gonna be different <laughs> but she just rolls with it it's good and then the tag team fight with Colson in the oh kitchen god. was also oh great oh my god her and Colson get to be superheroes together that line got me. <laughs> yeah that is pretty great here's where you talk about how sexy daisy is (laughs) oh god okay so oh i don't even know how to put it into words that (laughs) like she shows up at the gala in the fancy dress and there's uh, i don't know there's just 
very good. Words fail my if they short circuiting lesbian <laughs> mind. If they do do like a, you know, like you said, Shield's best greatest hits or whatever, and they hop through the eras, like this is going to be a lot of fun for the costume, the hippies, costuming hippies. alone. <laughs> oh, hippies. Undercover hippies in the 60s. We're not, oh, we're, we're not Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, are we this season though? That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> or, are Gemma I, and Daisy going to like do acid together this time instead? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. The time oh, is Deke gets God. accidentally dosed when he thinks, he gets a, he thinks he's getting the world's first Zima. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we go we go to the 2010s, but the early 2010s. God, uh, I want okay. Zeke now to, to to found Zima <laughs> or Deke. Deke <laughs> Zeke. Um, they might do something like that. Who knows? Founding, like... founding shareholder in Zima. Like he's gonna find a way to do a patent somehow, <laughs> uh, and Mac's gonna be upset. But uh, um, let's talk about Yo-Yo because I feel like this is really important. This is something that Jared, you and I have discussed at length about how we were we were annoyed with the way that they kind of didn't really get into Coulson losing his hand, and then Yo-Yos were kind of just. I mean, they really didn't get into it first, as much. You're right. Yeah, at first. Um, and so they finally address like her disability and you know Gemma brings out the new arms so that she can blend in better in the 1930s and the way Yo-Yo says like no like it's not that it's this is who I am now I'm not ashamed of it like I'm I'm okay like this is this is me and uh, I feel like we don't get enough of that in in fantasy and science fiction in general there's always a quick fix like Coulson's hand is is a quick fix like Yo-Yo's arms are quick fix. How convenient that we have like a tech genius on our team yeah. to make these things. Star Wars has that quick fix and yeah. you don't I mean um yeah, I'm the... I mean it and definitely even... goes there. Like she does accept the arms, but I mm -hmm. I like at least that they have those scenes of her being emotional of her having that hesitance. Yeah, to be like, you know, that's not who I am. Well, and, and I feel like a little bit conflicting. I, I agree completely that I, I think with everything, with everything you're saying, I, but I almost wish that the order of the exchange was slightly different. I kind of wish that she expressed the acceptance for being an amputee before Jim has the line about, you know, being able to, to feel something with your fingertips again, you know, because it's like, it's almost it feels like some 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 somewhat ableist and like invalidating to people you know to people who choose not to have like ocular or cochlear implants or whatnot if if it's an option for for them you know to improve. yeah definitely uh, and and it and it like I know that's not the intention because they did include the objection and the acknowledgement and I know that's not what they're saying and it is just embracing I think the sci-fi aspect of it but it's just like and and there's nothing wrong at all with you know people embracing you know the newest prosthetics like that's absolutely i think people uh, a, a good thing to encourage as well but it's just like it's 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 such careful ground to tread and i don't think they did a bad job by any means it just feels so touchy like and like i i wouldn't want to if I, if I were anyone involved to like come across the wrong way, and I don't think they did. I think they did. A, I think they did a very good job. But it's just, 
it, it feels like almost impossible to do perfectly because in the end they are giving her magical sci-fi robot arms and not really prosthesis. Yeah. Um, I would be interested to see, um, what someone with a disability, like Mm -hmm. hard of hearing or blind would have to say about this. Cause I, I don't know, like I clearly, I live in an able body and all of us do for the most part, we all have our mental health issues, but, (laughs) uh, there, um, I don't know. I, there's things I'm probably missing, you know, I have blind spots here where I don't fully understand what it's like to live in a disabled body. And so, um, to me, I feel like acknowledging it is great. That's a great start, but I feel like clearly, like, like you said, Jared, like conflicted because more could have been done, but also you're working with an abled actress who does have arms. So yeah, <laughs> like, and, it, and it feels like they could have gone the extra step to actually have a sensitivity reader on this one. Uh, yeah. Which which it doesn't feel like they did. That I, I was gonna say the same thing. I, like because it feels like very very well intentioned. Like without a doubt, I don't think done necessarily even problematically. Just it doesn't feel like maybe as clear cut or not not even clear cut, but just as as uh, clearly positive and not. It's, uh, it's not realized in a. It's realized at least through a lens that we can understand and we would be able to express but we like Jess said are not amputees right. so exactly. we're not fully conscious of all of the emotions and other variables surrounding that so but but it just so it so the only thing that really comes across is that there is something missing but we not having experience with that don't know what that is very very well said i I think that too you touched on jess like the fact that it's uh, uh, you know uh, natalia playing this part who is amazing and and does an amazing job i think expressing it in this episode but and expressing her self-acceptance but it's also just like it's just an ongoing issue like i was just talking to my family in portland who were saying oh we've you know with self-isolation we've been trying new tv shows or whatever they tried the show superstore we're really enjoying and i said yeah i like it a lot my only objection to it is that i like colton dunn a lot i've seen him perform once doing stand-up uh, in la uh, i think he's really a great comedian but i don't love that he's playing a character on a wheelchair when he's not actually you know a wheelchair user and like they were so upset <laughs> like they were like we didn't know that like like because, but it's just true like more often than not that's true on television people with disabilities are not portrayed by actors with with those disabilities and it's like what but why and, and when, in this case in shield it's something that they they did to mimic the comics that happened late in the comics and late in the show like it's i get it like when they so cast they didn't have to do that you know what i mean like they, they, they didn't you're absolutely right it was so... still a choice yeah, but it's also it was a choice to follow through with a, with a story arc that they didn't do, and when they cast Yo Yo for the show, I don't think it had happened yet to the character in the comic. Yeah. I don't think uh, it's it's complicated. I it's think. super weird. I think we're not probably not the best people to speak on this, but I just wanted oh, to acknowledge not. it. Um, I I will say I do like the line that Yo Yo has of "I don't want to pretend like this never happened" because that. I think that in itself in itself is acknowledging the trope that science fiction has of it. Oh, we'll just do a magic fix. Definitely. So, 100% so yeah. agreed. 
Um, moving on uh, to the Koenig that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we we finally found a Koenig that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> all the other ones are fantastic. Um, I really well, love. There's the stand-up how... comic in season. Yeah, four. the, par- the oh, paranoid yeah, one. Who... Cheap. <laughs> all of his comedies about how Shield is against you. <laughs> um, I really, I, I think it's hilarious that Patton Oswalt is just. I'm really surprised that they didn't dress him up as a woman to play his his own sister. <laughs> like at this point, you know, <laughs> like he's yeah, like well, he's, his, he's his grandfather. He's like himself. As yeah, well. like have every it, like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future too. Have him play every Koenig. Yeah, um, but <laughs> but I, but of the people to play like the like LT the original Koenig. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I do like that they got. Of all people, Artemis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked we, we 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 talked a lot about how much we enjoy her. Uh the Well her character could not be the more different than LT on <laughs> it's always sunny. Constantly having sex Ooh. in dumpsters outside of Wendy's with uh with, with Danny DeVito. With Danny DeVito. Like her, her character's <laughs> defining characteristic. <laughs> Ooh. My my note on this going back going back to Pat Oswald was the Koenig genes must be very strong. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah they, just, they overwrite everything else. They always look the same. <laughs> that's that's funny. Oh god. Um. Oh now now I have terrifying an image of Pat Oswald's daughter. <laughs> it's just a tiny version of him. Every male Koenig is a five three. Yeah. Dude, dude, who looks exactly like this <laughs> in every timeline? Oh my god, it's so good! Oh my god, they're probably gonna do that. Like every, like every <laughs> timeline they go to, it's good. There's gonna be another Koenig. <laughs> the Koenig that runs Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> it's so good. Um. <laughs> But he's very like period and era appropriate. Like he's kind of a dick. Like he's working through this underworld. <laughs> like he's, you know, it makes I, sense. I feel like he's having a time oh, in yeah. his life <laughs> playing a mobster. Oh, it's so good. And using the using using like the the um God, just like the era appropriate your knuckleheads or yeah, your candy canes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's era appropriate, but it sounded era appropriate. Yeah, it, it, sound, it works. <laughs> the delivery was perfect. Oh my god! Um, so, um, I, so also like the way that he talks about how he like helped out Freddie and how he didn't. He's not really helping him. He's just giving him a discount <laughs> and letting him work in a bar. Um, it it gave me big like shitty landlord like vibes he says i even let him let him eat here for a di- small discount yeah <laughs> like i feel like he's just gonna play that up really really well it's gonna be entertaining i'm excited i'm really glad he- he's back <laughs> um all right so we get to see fdr before he is president <laughs> Which Colson and Mac, which is really cute, are both having fanboy moments about it. Um, and like, and like, Mac like casually says something that mentions something involving like 
um, non-discrimination legislation that FDR was involved with, like, right in front of Freddie and Deeks, just, like, looking at him like, and I'm the issue? Yeah. (laughs) And then Coulson gets to make his dad joke about when he'll be here, it'll be a whole new deal, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dad joke, it's a glitch. I'm so glad that they acknowledge the dad jokes, because that's, like, quintessential Colton. We've been talk, yeah. <laughs> talking about it for three years now. <laughs> uh, and it's just a glitch. Now, no, that's just who you are, man. <laughs> um, also, the fact that Colson, who is, like, the biggest history nerd, gets to experience history and be, like, a fanboy. And they acknowledge that, too. Like, Chloe's like, oh, you're, you're fanboy showing. Like... But when then Although, he gets to meet FDR and it's so adorable. Well, that kind of cracks me up because even he who's loving like experiencing it. And when he's first talking about when they first get there, like Deke is like, yeah, everyone's scrounging and scrapping you know, to get by. This is more my speed. I love it. And I bought all our clothes for 13 bucks. He's like, it's the Great Depression. He's like, it's horrible. <laughs> like, like, even though he's enjoying it, he's like, no, this is an awful place. But Deke is like, oh, no. Bleak's like, I've got a head start. Yeah. Like, I know how to survive in this world. <laughs> That is true. I do like how they bring that up. <laughs> Deke is going to do well, unfortunately. Well, it's kind of scary to think that, like, right now, present day, Deke might do better than he did coming back a couple years ago. Oh, Lord. Um, Ooh. But yeah, his moment getting to meet FDR is super adorable. And it's the our little secret. <sighs> My heart. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> so cute and clark Gregg plays this so well he just like god he's i really love clark Gregg as an actor like he just has this most like starstruck face when he during this whole exchange um i wonder i bet there's gonna be more moments like this if we're doing i really hope so i do too (laughs) i really like it um, and then we get to probably the whole point of the season is having to save Hydra and the conflict that comes with that. We find out that Freddy <sighs> is a Malik. Um, and I like don't remember anything. And so what is the green stuff? <laughs> like, it, okay, I thought the same thing when I first watched it. When I said okay. the second time I watched it with their filter they have over the over the 30s to make us know that it's old timey. Even though Daisy specifically says, like, I knew it wouldn't really be black and white, but they still have like a felt a gray filter. Yeah. Like, is it is it blue stuff <laughs> that just looks green because of the lighting? Is it is it creep blood? <laughs> because, oh I mean, god <laughs> what's god what's what's creep blood called gh um three something i was like but, it has to be something relevant that we we've seen before right it, yeah like they do that it, in the show is it some like really really like early version of the captain america serum that... because because Ersk- erskine was still like in Germany when he developed it originally. So could be a prototype, I suppose. I can't remember what that stuff looked like in the movie. I think it was blue. I think hmm. it was blue. Let's look it up. Interesting. Captain America serum. Very interesting. <laughs> uh it was blue. Yep. Uh Jack Kirby and, and, so, and it says and, uh, Stark Industries on it. <laughs> Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, when they when they made that originally, uh, Erskine's code name was Reinstein, which because the only scientist they knew was Einstein. <laughs> they oh my God, <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't get it. Hey, these kids were uh, 
they, they were they dropped out of grade school and joined gangs and then All right. they, and they joined God, the I army. fucking I love God, those I guys. Fucking, God, I fucking love comic books. I'm, I hate comic books, but I fucking love comic books. You show me uh, something that's just like unreasonably stupid and simple in a comic, and I'll be like, I love it. <laughs> that's that's so much of it, but I, it's true. It's it, there's something brilliant about it, like just insane things happening every day. Crazy. Yeah. They're fucking weird. <laughs> they, they sure <laughs> are. i being your friends, both of you. Because <laughs> oh, I'm, I suck, and I like start reading comics and then i never finish them um i mean i've i'm, I'm no longer them. keeping up with marvel comics i <laughs> i i got like uh i don't remember where i got bored and stuff and couldn't keep following i'm only really keeping up with the marvel star wars comics and independent comics at this point um there's no shame in not keeping up with with it like there's nothing bad about Stop and read and oh, lose interest. No. no, I mean, in my case, I'm only paying attention to comics Marvel-wise at the moment that involve specifically um, uh, Angela, Thor's older sister, nice. whose who's comic in 2016 was, was, was um, uh, wrongfully canceled because that was also around the time where Marvel canceled Marvel and DC canceled a bunch of queer like lead comics. Um anyway, Thor's older sister is a les- lesbi- lesbian with um a trans wife. So love to see her. She had she led a team called Asgardians of the Galaxy back in uh October 2018 through early um 2019. I remember. And now she's in a team with Blade called strike force it's weird Um, it's in scarlet uh, witch's oldest son wiccan yes yep it's it's really excellent it's uh i I believe it's by teeny howard uh really good yeah strike force has been i mean i'm don't even remember where i'm on it right now though because the pandemic yeah, like, no, I, I, well, I, I comics, uh, Marvel comics just started again two weeks ago. They've been yeah. off for uh, since uh, the end of March, I think the second to yeah, last week of March. Sounds about right. Or no, no, the last week of March, they did make it through. I, they, and they had I, the books in storage in warehouses for the next, for the first two weeks of April, but they never shipped. They all got reallocated. Yeah, and... yeah I, I, and then before that, I kept up with, um, uh, Spider Gwen, and then oh, cool. the Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. I'm, I prefer the original run to the way uh, Maguire writes it. To mm-hmm. be honest, it's the current version of that Earth sixty five Gwen's missing the punk vibe that really resonated with me in that series. So, uh, also it got weird with romance subplots, and so I was turned off by it. Um, but yeah, comics fun. I read storylines when I get the chance, and if I'm turned on to them, very cool. I I actually uh, worked with the co-creator of Spider Gwen with Robbie Rodriguez. Uh, oh yeah, of, yeah. One of his first comics he he did it was a creator own book, a book called uh, Maintenance, and I did the gray tones and colored the covers for Robbie's art uh, when he first got started. Hell yeah, that is dope. 
Yeah, it's it, he's a really really good dude and miracle of, of modern medicine. He had uh, macular degeneration. He was told he was going to go blind before he was thirty, and was not going to be able to draw. And they ended up completely fixing his eyes with surgery. Shit. <laughs> so cool. It's really amazing what they could do <laughs> for sure. It's like r- real real world magic, like shield shield stuff almost. Like shield. Shield arms. <laughs> uh, um, I want to talk. I mean, we've already kind of talked about Enoch, so I think we could probably skip that. But we all um, love Enoch. <laughs> we love Enoch. Gemma might be a robot. <laughs> They're in shade, you know. Um, I'm really curious what people think of Daisy in this world because she's very clearly mixed race, mm-hmm. um, and she, I I don't think she's white passing, but I don't know. I- I've I've seen people say that and I don't understand it because it looks very I've... clearly Asian to me, but I'm Same. Asian, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't like I I don't think she is either, but I also feel like people are dumb, so I don't I never know what to predict, you know? I feel like That's in some true. ways I can never under or overestimate people's stupidity. <laughs> And her hair's blonde right now too, so I'm like, maybe they maybe think that's she's a weird-looking <laughs> white person. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm they'll like, address it. Maybe they won't. I feel like they will. I feel like they usually do stuff like that. But there was an episode. What one was it? Where yeah, it was. It was. It was in um agents the agents of Hydra segment of season four where I was going to say we May and, talked about it. May and Daisy are escaping um, hi um the Triskelion and and someone yeah, like, like looks at them, at them. And, yeah and 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 da- Daisy's just like maybe she's just a racist <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I I feel like the fact that Mo is the showrunner still like uh-huh they, uh, they're not gonna be stupid oh yeah no, i don't <laughs> uh, think right, so right like like i don't want to give her too much undue credit but it feels it feels like it'll be uh i mean we're only one episode in so true, true. eight or ten do oh, we know how, how many i'm not I sure know. i don't remember but uh I will look it up, but I was just—I was just gonna say, like, I, like on the on the rewatch, I kept wondering if if the dude was uh, being somewhat was supposed to be somewhat racist when he was giving your guff about not being married. <laughs> like, I didn't think Maybe. that at all in the first watch, but because of exactly what you say, and because it was so so hot off the heels of Mac mentioning, you know, looking like a fish out of water because they hadn't seen a black man dressed so so well before. Like something about it seemed like why is no one noticing that they, they're saying anything about about Daisy at all? And uh, maybe I don't know. That's probably just know. a maybe, sexist. Maybe <laughs> white men in the '30s are just stupid and they can't figure out. They know. Well, I feel like this is my life. I know something's different, but I can't tell what. What are you like? <laughs> I feel like that might be a conversation at some point. That could be a conversation at some point. It looks like there's 13 episodes. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Which... You, you'd mentioned that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. Um, the next episode, or one of the episodes, it's not the next one. One of the episodes is titled Alien Commies from the Future. <laughs> oh, I fucking love that. 
Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Well, commies, you'd think that'd be like time 50s, jump. This is gonna right? be this is gonna be Legends of Tomorrow. Right? <laughs> and that's that's all that's an episode three. So oh, yes, two episodes of time period. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and and next episode is know your the episode yeah. ep, that's episode three, episode two, right before it is know your onions. <laughs> I don't even, I can't even guess what that means. <laughs> out of the that. past, out of the past, a trout in the milk, um, adapter die, um, uh, the totally excellent adventures of Mac and the D. Oh my oh, God. No. That's episode, oh, episode. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've. Bill and Ted, <laughs> but with Mac and Deke. Yeah. My Bill and Ted love is so huge. I uh, I grew up where in Phoenix, Arizona, where a lot of that movie is shot. They shot at the mall, one of the malls I used uh, when I was a kid uh, for the mall scene. They shot at the water park, and most of all, the Circle K that was on the city block that I was in, on the other side of a vacant lot that was uh, joined to my street, was one of the three that they used for establishing shots for <laughs> for the Circle K. And but yeah, other than an episode listed as as I have always been um there isn't really anything (laughs) not Um, generic like elizabeth henstridge is listed as the director for that episode Ooh, Ooh. yeah interesting right this is exciting i know (laughs) i i I know but the totally totally excellent adventures of mac and the d i'm freaking Um, out about that (laughs) especially because because of how annoyed mac is with deke at all times no. uh, to be fair who isn't annoyed with deke at all times? are they gonna go on a solo time travel uh, we loved we we love to be completely exhausted with him i know what are they so going great. to do like <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna get separated from everybody and they're gonna be stuck trying to work together and they're just gonna both be exasperated the I, I wonder if it's, I, i'm just hoping it's gonna be like bill and teb where they, they have a solo mission to go get a bunch of figures from history <laughs> La- lady death is there God, they, so they play chess um <clears throat> Um, we've already kind of peppered the entire conversation with this of like what we want from this season, but is there anything else that you guys really want to see other than Colson getting some agency on whether he's alive or not? <laughs> and I don't know, race being um, addressed and disability being more addressed, maybe. I mean, other than wrapping up all of the threads and potentially, I'd love another kind of ending that both like finishes off our um plot threads while also being a kind of the adventure continues feel you know like i would i would be i i want these characters to have like a definitive ending but i would also be totally down with one where it's just they're still all together in the end and they're still doing the work if they are able to maybe some will settle down some will keep going i don't know you know what i mean like that like a robo may and robo colson retire together oh my god (laughs) i mean i wouldn't put it past them (laughs) what if they save robo may from the explosion with the time travel but the but the um the 
I was thinking just like looking back at the way season five ended, which was such a good ending, but without having Fitz being Fitz's fate being all he's out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Them just being like, okay, we made it. We're safe. We're here. This is the this is the team now. Pe- yeah. Some people have settled down and are. And their journeys are ending, but the others are continuing, and they got to say goodbye, etc. The end of season five is so emotional. <laughs> I'm like remembering. Actually, our um, our t- our one of our logos is from the end, the the last episode of season five, I think, or one of the last episodes where they go. Is it where the made... Zephyr's just flying into camera, or yeah, in, in Tahiti? <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's. Good fucking show. I know. So that's good. that's how we end almost every episode. It's just talking so about good. It. such a good Dude, show. I they like do so good with like like so many things. Like you could go down the list, but also just really hitting the emotional beats. And I feel like they're good at giving us satisfying emotional, like wrapping things up emotionally. Like even when Hunter and Bobby left, like it was bullshit, but it, the ending of that episode felt satisfying because everybody was really upset about it and they got to say goodbye. Um, yeah, yeah. And and when we haven't had a chance to get reunions, like whether it's a little tease of Triplet in the in the framework or whether it's an actual visit from Lance, you know, later on, they've actually they've and taken Bobby. those opportunities. I hope we get to see Bobby. Oh. You know, I mean, my my wish board, list, like <laughs> my wish list, has always included give Daisy a girlfriend. But that's just like <laughs> personal wish fulfillment that I know is never going to get fulfilled because I don't trust these media corporations to give me actual representation. And also, it's this late in the se- series anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just actually you just reminded me. Uh, where is what's his name from season six? Um. The scientist that they brought back to start um, the academy. Is he around? Did they Is not take? They didn't take him with on the ship, right? Wait, yeah. you're saying Benson? Yeah, Benson. Th- wasn't he killed? Was by he? Izel? No, he got away. On they put him in the um, containment module, and he went back to headquarters, or he reported, okay. or he, like communicated with them, like what was going on. But that's the last we ever saw of him. Um, he's at headquarters and they're traveling through time yeah he's alive so he's somewhere in the present I guess but I mean also the the they said they lost the lighthouse yeah so well maybe he didn't go back maybe he just like called them and was like hey this is where they're at huh I hope he comes back I liked that character he was was a good character Mm -hmm. I did like him we were hopeful that he wouldn't get written off or die. <laughs> Especially how he was very, very not... He he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. person, but he was also just, like, completely exasperated at the weird shit that they were constantly dealing with. It was us. He was the audience. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I get it, but it's fucking weird. <laughs> like, um, Yeah. How how do we feel about the show ending? Like, are we sad? Are we like okay, I'm, good? End on a end on your own terms, or I'm end on your own terms. Yeah, I am too. I'm 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 a little sad, but I'm I trust them to know that 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 they're they've had an incredible run for like 
the kind of ratings that they've gotten and the fact that nobody pays attention to them. Um, uh, small but dedicated fan base. Um, I also think like they've almost been canceled like what three times now. I feel like what yeah. season season five was supposed to be the last one, and then it was season six and seasons got... six and seven were ordered at the same time and then okay. filmed That's back right. to back. That's right. I think it was like season five almost didn't happen. Or it was season three that almost didn't happen. It's been and almost didn't happen quite a bit. So I feel like they've they've definitely it's it's been it's been the little engine that could for years. Yeah. Yeah. And it did. And it did well. Yeah. Honestly, though, I feel like what we have, especially like doing our rewatches, like I can rewatch this show over and over again. And I would still totally be completely happy with even if we only went went up to season five at this point just because i don't really care for season six but (laughs) that's my own issue if if they um (laughs) i mean if they end this in a way where they can give some characters like closure while also while also maybe leaving some potential for the others to show up in future mcu shit that would also be cool with me just because i feel like they deserve that in my opinion, but also just being able to end on its own terms is good. Really, I just want to see Daisy Johnson and other <laughs> Avengers on screen together. Uh, and Yo-Yo and Mac and May. Really, and just and just to get fucking acknowledged that there was a shield going on. Yeah, they were doing the real work while the Avengers were like fucking around. (laughs) Dealing with Adrian Pazdar's shenanigans every week. (laughs) Like Talbot, how far you fell. Oh, that's that's the last thing that I that I forgot to add to the notes. Uh that I feel like in some weird way that Enoch almost fills a Talbot-like role, even though they couldn't be more different. (laughs) Like because like they're not quite comic relief, but they are. And... They're, yeah, they're straight men, but in that they are funny because they're not like self-aware at all. Yes, exactly. Because because they're in this world of like aliens and monsters and what have you, and then there's Enoch. Com- talking like almost completely literally and also while well, also fully explaining his thought processes and stuff and then Which, there's that's kind of how talbot is too <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly vernacular <laughs> yeah o- o- only he's figurative with really colorful vernacular like you say but also explaining <laughs> his thought processes no i, I love it <laughs> like they're i really like that weird yeah. mi- mirrors of one another and i feel like he's sort of fulfilled the absence of uh, adrian pazdar for me Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I'm so sad that um, in our regular episodes, we're done with like that Talbot because <laughs> as terrible and racist and horrible he was. Oh, yeah. The so one we get funny. next is just sad. And then the villain and, and then he's over. <laughs> I know. Also, really good Daisy fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So good. It's like flying she down shot the street. him to space. I know. 
<laughs> she is the most powerful Avenger if she was an Avenger. <laughs> no, that's and it, honestly, it's just like anything with like the Flash after a certain point, like reading the comic as a kid, where you're like, this guy moves faster than the speed of light. Why is a bank robbery ever a problem? <laughs> like, 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 none of this is feasibly uh, uh, actually difficult for him. Where it's the same thing where like when Daisy's fighting these uh, Chronicons at some point, I'm like, yeah, I know they're super tough and whatnot, but remember that time she quake punched an LMD and it like completely like eviscerated into like a bajillion pieces that was rad that was the let's mac do that again. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that again like melted the face off like just do that three more times <laughs> like boom 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 i've seen you do it i know you can when when she when she didn't even like um uh raise her arms to like direct direct her energy and just like quaked a swarm of shrike bats like into dust oh in season God. six that was so oh, cool. Oh, side note for season six. Um, uh, Snowflake? Mm-hmm. Also my type. Where is she? She's still in jail? She dead? Probably. All I know is... Um, uh, all I know is she's a cute woman with knives <laughs> and an Aussie <laughs> accent. And she... Not Aussie. She's Kiwi. But... And she's just completely insane. And I'm like, while also being just like sweet as hell. And I'm like, I love you. I want more of you. Please don't kill Deke. But I could see why you would. Right. I would take her over Deke. I'm fine with that. (laughs) I like how her and Daisy Johnson cannot be more different from each other. But also I can see I can see where the the similarities are where you're what you're into. (laughs) And you and and Deke, <laughs> women who could Deke who could hurt me, women who could kick my ass, maybe so. Oh, I love it. Do you guys have any final thoughts about this? Shield good. Episode? Shield good. Yeah, agreed. Again, I can't believe they're in the fucking time traveling to the 1930s, and it works. Like as. I mean, as what Mac other would show say, do this? Like, as Mac would say, it's the only thing we haven't done yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, Jared? No. Well, the last, I guess my last thought is Mac really has come a long way because we know in his heart of hearts, it's just, this is the same feeling I got when I saw the awful Tim Burton uh, remake of uh, Planet of the Apes, where <laughs> you find out that the ape that taught them all to hate guns is played by Charlton Heston. And I was like, oh man, he's anti-gun and he's playing an ape. When I know in my heart of hearts that Charlton Heston loved guns and hated apes, <laughs> like it's like it's the same sort of thing. Cause I know that Mac hates robots so much and he is seems like he's actually getting to like one. And that uh shows real growth on his part. And he I feel like he's was the last character who could show any growth because he was so well realized and like such a good human. <laughs> like he didn't have a whole lot a whole lot left to go anywhere for anywhere to go. So him accepting AI sentience is a, a pretty big, pretty big step, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I love Mac. He's the perfect director and the show continues to be awesome. I'm excited to see how they wrap it up. Me too. Alrighty. And oh, I'm thankful that I was able to talk about this with y'all. Oh yeah. Yes, thank you for anytime. coming on. Anytime. I always forget I that I, really I know that you like love Daisy Johnson and I I don't know why I always forget that like 
I can talk to you about shield. <laughs> like, <laughs> now I'm going to remember that. I just found out one of our other friends, Rob is really into shield too. And he's been rewatching it a ton. And I was like, you know, like you watch the show and you listen, you listen to our podcast. What? Like secret world of shield fans. Anyway. Um, thank you, Jacqueline for coming on. You're welcome. Anytime. We love, we love talking about this show. So and there's yes. so much to talk about. <laughs> so, um, can you tell people where they can find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at jbandos, J-B-A-N-D-O-S. Um, it's mainly going to be about Star Wars, but while <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D.'s airing, this. And yeah. also Black Lives Matter. Jared, where can people find you? I've been completely offline uh, lately, but I am I snow nothing. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can find you me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Uh, you can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. We're on all the podcatchers. Oh, I didn't say this at the beginning of the episode. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're a part of the But Why Though podcast community. <laughs> I can, sl- um, I can slide this in at the beginning of the episode. If you no, want. it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, But Why Though Podcast.com, where you can also go and listen to our podcast if you are a browser listener. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this special episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Magical place. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs>